it's time you sacrificed me too. Stop. Jahangir has a new mistress. How can I face going home? Everyone knows I'm Jahangir's mistress. He looks disgusting with his clothes off. He must be my father's age. And he is my father. I've been brought up in his house. Even dogs are brought up in houses. Mian, I can't see you wagging your tail, grovelling behind Gudu. You'll have to kill one of us. Me? Or Jahangir? Scottish Film, a podcast that is not about Scottish films. I'm Paul Salt. And I'm Katie Maiden. This week we are in India for Vishal Bardwaj's crime drama, Makbul. Well done on the pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> please address all complaints to. Yes, this is the first of his trilogy of Shakespeare adaptations, followed by Omkara. Any guesses? Uh, Othello? Yep. And Hader. Um, Macbeth. No, this is Macbeth. Hamlet. This one. It's Hamlet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So, it's our upon the stage. How was it just as a film? So, I really, really enjoyed a lot of elements of this. Yeah. I loved the scenery. Mumbai is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah. There are a couple of... There's one I even took a screenshot of because it was so damn pretty. Ooh. The bit where um, Lady Macbeth and Macbeth are standing by the the river yeah. or the sea and they're standing on this pile of rocks and yeah. you get this wide shot and it's absolutely beautiful go and look at some screenshots of this film guys <laughs> um yeah so yeah. all the outdoor scenes really beautiful also the the interiors are kind of yes. outsidey because obviously it's so hot over there that some yeah. of their you know interiors are like air. Yeah, open air, which was absolutely gorgeous. Yep, and richly detailed in terms of its production design. There's so many like little things about the place that just make it feel lived in. Yes, absolutely. Like cushions yeah. and throws. Yeah. That kind of thing. And like yeah. jugs of water and mm. etc. Um the music, like the musical numbers. There are some musical which numbers. There were three or four. Yes, worth saying, always, it's not a musical, so at no point do the characters stop no. and start singing, and if they are singing, it's because diegetically there is a reason for them to be yes. singing. For example, they're at a wedding or something, or some sort of celebration, or there's a band, you know, at an Well, event. no, there's, there's the first, first song is kind of where they're just taking a walk, but there's well, like a band playing in the background. Yeah, so we see the yeah. band. The point is, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. at no point do they do a, a you know, a musical It's number. not Bollywood, no. Yeah. Well, you know what? Bollywood is a complicated term. Unfortunately, yesterday I reviewed an American comedy film, and today I have to review a sort of Indian cinema film, and those are easily the, my two biggest blind spots cinematically. Yes. But Bollywood both simultaneously refers to a genre of film, which is a sort of big musical with you know various elements, and also yeah. just films that are made in Mumbai, it seems. Or in right, the, so in it the, kind of is Bollywood. And in the Hindi language, yeah. So it's both is and isn't but it's not a musical it's worth no. saying it just but it does have 
these long stretches, including a very conspicuously long section with uh, of just a bonding scene between Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. Yes, which yes. is just like a music video. A, a song plays out in its entirety whilst we just yes, see them exactly. playing together. <laughs> And I quite enjoyed that. I like yeah. I like the the fact that we saw them together bonding. Yeah. But it wasn't like overexposy. It was it was almost like a rom com scene, you know, when you you have like a montage, <laughs> montage yeah. and it's like, oh, we, they go for coffee and they laugh and they, they go grow to closer. Cinema. Yeah. So it's like it was like that rom com classic. Yeah thing i really like this one line that duncan had or uh-huh. the duncan character who is called yeah. something oh called? i don't have the tra- the uh oh um, me, but we'll i just call... said it jahangu oh jahangir yeah yeah so uh, the duncan character or jahangir yeah says mumbai is my sweetheart when he talks about uh. like going away from mumbai because he's like under investigation or something yeah and i really feel that way about london and <laughs> yeah. so i love that uh-huh. like there's no other way to describe, like, <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah. uh, feeling of, like, I don't know, one city being... Yeah, just like, very dear really... to your heart. For you? Well, the style of the film was fairly dark with musical interludes. So we've got a yes. fairly gritty aesthetic and some fairly... There's moments of violence, but there's there's a couple of issues with it. First of all, it's a bit choppily edited the version that's on prime and it's very strange because i went and looked at another version which is on youtube but doesn't have subtitles and is worse video quality and it seems like those edits have been imposed the the prime version runs 12 minutes shorter than a lot Uh. of other versions and it doesn't look like they've cut out any violence or like sexuality or anything they've just cut like random moments in order to get it under two hours Yeah, so I feel like the editing actually got worse towards the end as well. Oh, it did. you notice that? Yes. Yeah, so I was kind of a bit... I actually watched the last, like, ten minutes twice. Right. Because I was kind of confused about some of the... And I... My enjoyability also went down towards the end of the film. Maybe that was because of the editing, but also because it got, like, a bit more... I don't know, a bit less like Macbeth, maybe. (laughs) I mean, it, became... not, it wasn't really like Macbeth anyway. We'll talk about that in a second. But <laughs> we will. Yeah, it's... I don't know. The, the the songs went and the beautiful scenery went and it just went into yeah. this kind of dark place that I was like, okay, I know what's happening now. Like, I'm a bit bored. Yeah, it became more of a sort of genre crime film. Near yes. The end. Um, I will say, in terms of the crime movie story, it was fairly complex and I definitely didn't get all of it. Um, no, same. Absolutely yeah. same. I think that's partly because of the language barrier. Mm. Because there's there were so many characters. There were a lot of characters, there were a lot of elements. There was something that I didn't pick up, which was this idea that if the crime family does badly, then the government will fail, which I didn't quite get the hang of, but they keep saying it throughout, you know, how's the government, you know, is it keeping together? And, mm. and there's something to do... So there's, like, the crime family, and then there's the police... Yeah. Who are, like, embroiled within this crime family. Yes, including two somewhat incompetent corrupt cops and their superior, who I thought was going to be the main antagonist, but kind of disappears. I thought he was going to be, um, Macduff. And he just disappears. 
Yeah, McDuff is one of the rival gangsters who, at the very beginning, we'll, we'll come to this. In, in we'll come to this. Yeah, I but, thought um... he was the antagonist, but he kind of fell out. And then, in addition to the cops, you have the rival gangsters yes. who we never really get to meet. Uh, one of them is called Moogle, and there's a lot of talk about him in the first um, in the opening. But yeah, then, I think that was just because maybe the rival gangsters represented like the battle at the beginning. Yes, but they kind of stuck around as a force that they needed to be careful about. It yeah, was, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of curious. Um, and the other thing that kind of detracted from the violence is I don't think they had access to that many blank firing guns, and they didn't <laughs> want to use any squibs. So the action is kind of lame. Well, You'll just get uh, sounds of gunshots and then cut back to where apparently gunfire has yes, happened. Yes, a lot of sounds of gunshots. Yes, a lot of comic gunshot sounds. <laughs> yeah, which what makes me wonder if it's a maybe a Indian cinema censorship issue or something. Oh, maybe. I don't know. We'd have Not to look sure. that up. But, yeah. Um, I also noticed there's a lot of pointing guns. Yes. So like guns to heads, guns in mouths, guns in... Like there's a lot of guns around, but yeah. not much actual like gut, bullet hitting someone, yeah. wound. It's blood, and, but but blood after the fact. And the guns do kind of look like props, which does detract from the authenticity of it. it um, yes. You know, it's just not it's not just me being a gore hound. It does it's trying to be a very hard, dark film. <laughs> you are a gore hound. Though. I am a gore hound, but it's not just that. <laughs> we it's, both are. Um, it, it's it, it's a little bit toothless in its darkness, which, you know, is it's fine because it does have plenty else going for it, which um I respect and quite enjoy. Um all right, we've gone around this far long enough. Fair is foul, foul is fair. How close are we to Shakespeare? Not really that close. I mean, Some okay. Ca- yeah, interesting Yeah, there changes. are elements. So yeah. there Same are... characters. Characters who represent other characters. Yep. We have a Macbeth and a Lady Macbeth. We do, but with a very yeah. interesting twist. With a Namely... very... Which we'll talk about. Yep. Um, We have a Duncan. We have a Duncan, who's this crime boss, who is most definitely... Guy is doing Don Corleone, the Marlon Brando performance. Yeah. That's <laughs> very definitely what he's doing there, but... He's interesting. He's a kind of darker, kind of harsher yes. Duncan. Yes. Darkest Duncan we've had, I think. Yeah. And yet still also a spiritual figure who's yes. very religious, you know, observes religious holidays, talks about Eid, and um, has a sense of sort of old-fashioned family honour. Yes, so, exactly. So we yeah. have his kind of Malcolm influence in that we have a daughter. Yes, an adoptive daughter. Yes, and the daughter's um, love interest who is... I couldn't work out whether he was supposed to be Malcolm or Macduff, but I think he's just... He's Fleance. Yeah, he's Fleance. Yeah, he's Fleance. He's, Ban- he's Banquo's uh, son, who has an, a sort of affair with um, Duncan's adopted daughter. And, but then and they get married. Sort of, well, there's a shotgun wedding after they've um, yes. messed around, which uh, Macbeth exposes in order to get Fleance out of the picture. Yes. But, yeah, they end up married as well. Yeah, so I think the biggest change they've made here is that Macbeth and Lady Macbeth are not together. Yes, so she is with Duncan. Yes, she is Duncan's mistress who mm-hmm. is having an affair with Macbeth. And so there's a sexual jealousy aspect. Yes, I want to talk about that for a second. So sure. the in Shakespeare's tragedies, obviously, there's always a tragic flaw. Yeah. And in Macbeth, the tragic flaw is ambition. Yeah. And in Othello, the tragic flaw is jealousy. So there's right. an element of Othello in this. But yeah. I really noticed that tr- like his tragic flaw isn't ambition in this one. It's actually jealousy. Yeah. So he is 
even after the Duncan character is dead, he's still jealous. Yeah. Because there's um there's a bit where she gets pregnant. Yeah. Which is different. She doesn't get yep. pregnant in the play. But he's still jealous, even though Duncan is dead, because well, he's like thinks the, the baby could be Duncan's. Exactly. So the jealousy runs throughout, and that's really interesting that it wasn't really ambition that was his tragic flaw. It was jealousy. Yeah, which I, I liked. I, I, I got into it quite a bit. But maybe that's just because I feel like, with the exception of Joe Macbeth and a couple of others, I think. Oh, um, Throne of Blood. Throne of Blood. It's difficult to sell the political ambition as the driving force, simply because we never really get that much of a sense of what it means to be king and how what the benefit of that is. Yes. You know, most of the time we just see Macbeth become king and then he's miserable straight away and he hates it and he's just killing off rivals. I think it would be a lot easier to think about the benefits of being king in the 1600s. Because sure. I think that now that means nothing well, to us. Back then it meant a lot. So it's, it's very different in the context. So to be honest, yeah. I don't think Shakespeare felt like he needed to explain the benefits. Maybe. So it's, it's just like to us, it's like president to us, isn't it? Like you don't yeah. need to explain what that means because he's so important. But obviously back in the 1600s, that's king or queen. So What I need is for one of the Macbeths to sing a song about how they just can't wait to be king. It'll be a whole, <laughs> it'll be a whole thing. <laughs> And they'll fully Let lay all out. the creatures go for broke and sing. That's <laughs> what I need. <laughs> That's what we all need in this. So, a few more changes. Macduff was a traitor at the start and only just manages to get away with it with a very definite, you know, Duncan, I know what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Just sort that shit out, mate. Because it sort starts... Sort it out. Sort it out. I don't want it in my house. It's, um, <laughs> oh it's very... God. It, it, the beginning of the movie is that the rival gangs have killed Duncan's brother, Jahangir's brother, um, and so they're out getting revenge and cleaning up house, which includes killing Cordor, essentially. Um, yes, yes. That's the first... We were talking last week about like, the first time you notice it's Macbeth. Yeah. And that was when it was like, oh, he's betrayed us and... Yeah. Yeah, they killed Cordor. So that's mm. um, that was when I first noticed it was actually Macbeth. Macbeth is trying to take out rivals before he takes out Duncan, which is very interesting. He's mm. trying to contrive for Fleance to go away. He's trying to make sure that there is a clear line of succession for himself to become boss. Well, also, the motivation for getting rid of Duncan isn't just him being boss. Yeah. As we heard in the beginning and our conversation at the beginning, yeah. it's Lady Macbeth says, look, you've got to kill me or him. Yeah. And, because... and she, he wants to be with her. So that's, you know, what he does. Lady Macbeth is going to run out of time because she now is aware that Duncan has a new mistress and so her time is limited. She's likely to be out, you know, soon. Yeah, and she doesn't want to go home to her parents. No, because of the shame. One more thing on that is that um, Duncan's alive for a lot longer. Oh, an hour and 15 minutes. He's, yeah, so I looked at it. It's like, it's yeah. over an hour. Yeah, absolutely. So. It takes a bit of time to get to that murder, but it is then quite fast-paced afterwards and... That's partly, you know, as we identified, that tonal shift into a sort of more dramatic piece, which I think Joe Macbeth had as well. It's, it's very common, I think, for a long lead into the murder, and then once the murder happens, suddenly everything kind of falls apart quite quickly. Yeah, it snowballs. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we have the fact that uh, when all is said and done, uh, Lady Macbeth gives birth to this baby, and it ends up with Fleance and Duncan. Yes, it does. And Duncan? Yeah. No, <laughs> Fleance and Duncan's adopted daughter. Yes. Um, the Malcolm, I guess. Um, so they've kind of adopted the baby. Yeah, they get the baby. Yeah. Which is kind of sweet. It is sweet because that is either her half-sister or full-sister by adoption. 
depending on who the father is. Yeah, I mean, we don't really find out, but I think it is implied that Duncan is the father. Yeah, I think so. So in that case, it's your adopted father and his wife. So a full so sister. it's your I think that's a full sister. Ha- yeah, it's your half sister, but also by adoption. If if you were adopted by both parents, I don't know if it's half. It would be if it I don't was. Know if she's adopted by both parents though, because she's a mistress, not a wife. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's it's all very odd. <laughs> it's complicated. Anyway, they end up with the kid, and Macbeth ultimately happens upon this scene, and because he is unable, because at this stage he wants revenge, because Lady Macbeth has died in childbirth. Hmm. Uh, belatedly she gets to you know amble on a bit more and, uh, yeah she limps sort of on scene. for about yeah. a day <laughs> then dies and um, beth comes back ostensibly to get the kid maybe or is it to try yeah he says kid- i'm yeah. gonna come back for him so i guess yeah he comes yeah. out to get the kid and he's got his gun um but he sees that there's a happy family there with um Fleance and the daughter and so he just leaves his gun and leaves and as he's leaving Macduff, who we are implied to have seen that hit, that Macduff's family was killed by Macbeth. Basically, yes. Macbeth shows up in his um, hotel room where he's holding out. Yes, and Macduff grabs the kid. And grabs like... the kid. Macduff runs away, and from the window, Macbeth is there with the kid and a gun, and Macduff looks back and sees them and runs away, abandoning his wife and kids like he does in the play. And then he turn- Macbeth turns around and comes back in the room. We see Lady Macbeth, and then in the uncut version, there's a fade-out. You see, I didn't really like that because hmm. in the play, he doesn't abandon his family in the same way. Yeah. He goes because he wants to get Scotland back on its feet. Yeah. And he is like a brave character for doing that. He's like a goody. Yeah, but with in the this wife one, he literally stand. abandons them when they're in the room with a gun and the guy's well, going to kill them. It's like the Game of Thrones, isn't it? It's duty versus love. You know, he abandons his personal interest for the greater interest of his country. And there's pros and cons to him doing that, m- yeah. morally speaking. Um, here, Macduff in general is a much more cowardly uh, figure. We see him, you know, constantly having the the underhand. He's picked up by the two police officers at one stage and beaten up a bit. You know, he's just kind of always down and out. And yeah, here he does just abandon his family, which is interesting. And then when it, ultimately Macduff is the one to kill Macbeth at the end, it's kind of by it's kind of basically by Macbeth's consent. Macbeth has essentially given up. He's left his gun behind, he ignores Macduff when he calls after him, and he just walks towards his car and lets himself get gunned down. And that's the end of Macbeth. So, yeah, it was Mm. um, a sadder kind of Macduff situation here, and a kind of sadder end for Macbeth, where he just kind of gave up. We do have witches, kind of. We do. We have two corrupt police officers who initially are kind of like comedic relief. Yes, they're kind of like the porter i guess a, a in little some bit. way or like or also like seaton like uh, yes yes they are like seaton because they are doing Macbeth's bidding but it's interesting because and we'll, i guess we'll do weirdest sister here they're actually trying to maintain the balance between the gangs making sure that none of them get too powerful um and they they, they have this phrase fire must be afraid of water it's this idea that none of them could get too strong, and if they do, we need to start supporting the other side and sort of engineering some sort of collapse. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's interesting the idea that the witches are a balancing force that maybe Duncan yeah, but they've was got getting these, too strong. They do actually predict. There is like this soothsaying yeah. element. Well, they keep getting out star charts. They keep drawing them in windows. Yes. and Because um, they start the movie, if I remember correctly. Uh, well, there's also a scene with the, the initial prediction where he says that Macbeth yeah. is going to be... 
Yeah, there's that. Well, he's kind of teasing him. He's like, oh, at this rate, you'll be leader at some point. And, you know, that's clearly them trying to sort of uh, shit stir in order to Mm, rile up Macbeth. also a scene where they predict that Lady Macbeth Uh. is cursed Ah. and that anyone she marries will fall. They... Which is a very interesting thing, as that's not a prediction that happens in the play. No, and that they also put it the weather, and it's 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 really interesting because they do appear to be these two kind of bumbling cops, but it's like it's like how in Game of Thrones they always give like the prophesying things to like the really weird kind of outlier characters, like Patchface. Yeah, it, it's it's curious to see that these two kind of old fools are actually the ones controlling everything. It's quite pleasing. <laughs> um, they also make a prediction about the sea coming to the house and later on Macbeth says oh I need to take him out of here and they're like why and he's like because the sea has come to my house and I didn't quite get if that had a literal meaning or if that was just symbolic mm, if it yeah. had a literal meaning I didn't spot it I thought maybe his assassins would come from the sea and maybe I be I think a bit it wet. was metaphorical but I think it was alluding yeah. to the you know the forest moving Oh yeah, definitely. It's that yeah. line. I just didn't see how it was realized. No, I think it was metaphorical. I didn't. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, pretty good witches. I think not terribly creepy, but like interesting. Yeah, I, I was interested in that. Yeah, I, I thought they were probably going to go for like a soothsayery, you know, yeah. charty one, and they did. So I think this is easily the best implementation of witches into a modern setting. It fit into its universe, the world. Yeah, that created, it did. Yeah, and I appreciated that. Uh. Back to some elements of the play. Banquo is very much like an uncle. He's very avuncular. Yes. Quite well-meaning, always wants a bit of a joke, but gets angry when he finds out that his kid has um, slept with the adopted daughter of Duncan. He beats the living shit out of him. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> he he gets like a like a pot, yeah. and he like nearly hits him with this like flower yeah. pot, and I was like, hit him, but he didn't... <laughs> But I guess that's that kind of like dad thing, you know, he's like, yeah. it's 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 his honour, you know. Yeah, honour is a big recurring element here. It's interesting how it portrays all of these honour systems and, you know, the way things are and the way things are done and that the men have all of the power and that that's ultimately the driving force for Lady Macbeth, who feels just completely trapped in her yeah. situation and hates her position that has been assigned to her and the complete lack of recourse that she has been given. So in some ways it was sort of interesting feminist driving force for Lady Macbeth but then again it does end all in tragedy so to some extent natural order re-exerts itself in this film which isn't great but yeah with Banquo it's it's interesting that um he doesn't really buy into Macbeth's lie at all he just doesn't have the strength to act against him because he's family like as soon as the murders happened he hides out in like a compound mm. uh, full of men and Macbeth comes and visits him and Macbeth's like you know either you know forgive me or shoot me and he can't shoot him, so they just kind of... He cries for a bit, and then that's basically it. After that, Macbeth decides to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Mm. Extra ghosts. We have some visions. Yeah, so we have a Duncan dancing Duncan ghost. Yes, we have Duncan dancing with... Uh, Duncan dancing. We have Duncan dancing <laughs> with um, Banquo, and yes. I think a couple of other dead guys. Um, yeah, some other random dead guys. I, I could not keep track of all the characters. <laughs> That was the end of the movie. At the beginning of the movie, we've got goat blood on the terrace that only he can see because they've got a little part of the terrace where you cut goat's throats and the blood drains out of a handy little drain they've got for that. Lovely. Lovely. I'm hungry. Um, (laughs) He imagines that Banquo opens his eyes when his body is brought before him 
Because in this one, the the body is brought back to the compound, so they all yeah. they see it, and he imagines that Banquo opens his eyes, which is interesting. And there was something to do with blood on face. Is it his own face, or he keeps? Well, she got blood on her face, didn't she? When um, yeah, when Duncan was killed. Yes, she got blood on her because face. So that's I think that was like the out down spot kind of moment, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So a few like creepy visions, but no ghosts as such. Until the dancing men, anyway, near yeah. the end. Um, Ross's poker face, no Ross. Macduff no, sees Ross. his family maybe get killed. We don't quite know in person, so mm. there's no need for a Ross. Porter speech, no Porter. No Porter. We have the, yeah, we have the kind of jolly yeah, uh, comic relief, but they're not that comic. No, not really. It's that they're more sort of just, they enjoy each other's company, potentially. It, it kind of feels like they're like eternal characters, like they've always existed and just, you know... We're kind of Lynchian in that way. You know that um, those two from Brooklyn Nine Nine, <laughs> Sully and Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah, they like that. Except kind of like that. <laughs> okay, trammel up the consequence. Did they show the murder? They did. They, they did, the... but they didn't like show it. Show it. Did they? Well, they didn't they show they the like... gun getting fired because they couldn't because they didn't have one. <laughs> yeah. So, but they showed like blood splatter, and then they showed his yeah. body straight afterwards. So it was kind of like yeah, almost yeah. showed the murder. Big twist though, Lady Macbeth was in bed with him at the time. Yes, both she he was asleep, and I was like, "How is she getting out of this one?" Yeah, well, they engineer it so it looks like the guard came in, and she she actually kills the bodyguard. Yes, and the idea being that he came in after and killed Duncan, and then she killed him after yeah. she's the one who also gets him drunk by um sort of inciting um toxic masculinity in the room. Yeah, like, oh, mm. I bet you. But you're not tough enough to drink this. I'm not going to drink that. Ah, oh, come on, everyone. You think this guy can drink this? Down so it, down it. Kind of uses his pride against him, which is good. Okay, on to the big ones. What bloody man is that? We have got the tragically late Irfan Khan as uh, Macbeth. What did we think of him? Um, I thought he did jealousy so good. Yeah. Like every single time he looked towards like Lady Macbeth and Duncan, his face was just, but he also did like love good as well. Like when they're like messing around and. <laughs> yeah. He was. Stuff like that. Um, yeah. So he played, he was, he was a great actor. Yeah. In terms of him playing Macbeth, because this Macbeth is so different to how I imagine Macbeth to be, it's hard to mm. kind of. Well, he fit in quite neatly so, for me. I, I really enjoyed how I could see him as part of this tradition. Um, hmm. He's a fairly reserved, quite... Yes, he was reserved. Yeah, very internal kind of uh, performance. Um, but with great sort of inner levels that you could sort of feel. And I really like the fact that he has this kind of casual attitude that then gets more and more intense as we go on. And mm. you're right, as a result of him being fairly aloof and quite, you know dark in his way when he does play around and like mess around with lady macbeth and a glass of water he keeps splashing away with it. it's like it's fun because you know it's it's against type it's against what you'd expect from this kind of dark quiet character yeah and that was good so yeah i liked him a lot cool um serpent under it we have got taboo as uh she is credited as lady macbeth <laughs> I loved her. I thought she was great. Yeah, she was yeah she's she's gorgeous. She's sexy. Gorgeous. She's um yeah really like saucy. <laughs> she's manipulative. Yep. 
she is uh, fun when she needs to be fun. She yeah. is loving when she actually gets together with Macbeth. Yeah. And she is commanding of the people around her. She is, yeah. yeah so yeah, I thought she was really well. great. She was great because early on, her first scene with Macbeth, we've got this sort of teasing attitude that's like yes. the older girl kind of thing. That was really fun of just sort of teasing him and trying to get him to get a reaction out of him. And then, yes, like you say, very assertive, but also kind of a great chameleon. Because there's a couple of times mm-hmm. where she just suddenly fits into the social dynam- dynamic in order to yes, yeah, she's it. dancing and she's got yeah. her female friends, but then she's also yeah. like a mum character. Yeah, and she totally yeah. like diffuses the tension in the scene with Fleance and um, the adoptive daughter, where she's just able to come in and say, um, you know, oh, Banquo, I'll never forgive you because look what you've done to our son-in-law's face now. You know, and just oh, yeah, of... the bridegroom's face. Yeah, because obviously exactly. they're having a wedding, so she's like, <laughs> yeah. "What are you doing?" <laughs> Yeah, it's like, look on the bright side, now there's a wedding. That's then contrasted later on when Fleance comes back in order to get his um, sort of shotgun wife. And um, in doing so, she comes out and tries to be friendly again, but now she's, you know, it's gone too far. And worth saying, Duncan's adoptive daughter, the Malcolm equivalent, I guess, she does not trust Macbeth or Lady Macbeth. She kind of intuits that they're responsible. Yes. <laughs> the madness aspect is better mm. in this one because oh, she yeah. has obviously the element of being having the really bad birth yeah and also being taken away from the baby and then kind of only going mad really like right at the end <laughs> and then dying so yeah it is worth saying the time is a bit screwed up because she gets uh, it's basically very shortly after the murder that she has a scene with um Macbeth and says i'm already three months pregnant and so six months are meant to pass in the rest of the movie and it does not uh, feel I, like six months i think it is implied that the baby's a bit early mm, but she gets four she has like um the stress like in jesus own to right it still feels labor, like but still it, it must be at least five months past <laughs> for it yeah. to be anywhere near that big but anyway Absolutely. whatever yeah but it feels like a few days they don't quite do the the job of articulating that a huge amount of time has passed yeah it, it's it's interesting what they did with her character having her part of this incredibly kind of uh patriarchal society and this um especially in this criminal underworld uh, and that she's trying to rile against, but ultimately ends up failing. And, you know, you can deduce whatever lessons you want from there. But there's definitely a lot of, a lot of pathos for her character. And Taboo's performance is a big part of that. You can totally get why she wants to do she wants to do away with um, Duncan. Yeah, he's... perfect sense. I mean, look, at, like, in the comparison between Duncan and Macbeth, it's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and obviously because of the culture, you can't, like... Yeah. Because he's, she's been the mistress and because it's a gang thing. It's all very, very complicated. She doesn't need to explain it. We get it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, we've done Weirdest Sister. So, he needs not our mistrust. There are three murderers, but it's not clear who they are, the ones who come for Banquo. It's, yeah, it's not clear who, like, anyone is in this no. film. <laughs> well, it's it's certainly not clear who the sort of random henchmen are. They don't characterize any of the henchmen, um, particularly, as standing out. So, I guess to sum up, I liked it. There were some jarring elements, and it was a bit convoluted at the, at the top. You know, it was a bit top-heavy. But... It's still a very successful adaptation of the material into something that actually felt like its own thing. And probably, along with Joe Macbeth, the most successful modernizations of this story. That yeah, we've seen. even though I've seen like a whole bunch of Macbeths, you could uh-huh. have probably shown me this film and not telling me there was Macbeth. Hmm. And I'm not sure I would have picked it up. That's interesting. Maybe like, not. I no. maybe would have done. Yeah. Like, because I, but because Duncan's murder is so late on and because of like the the elements that made it like so different 
I might have picked up by the end, but yeah. I, I would say that a lot of people would probably watch this film, not know it's Macbeth, and still enjoy it. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so Charmed Life. What is Casey's Shakespeare fact? So talked a little bit about Othello, so it's connected to Othello this yeah. time. So back in the day, back in Shakespeare days, um, Shakespeare days, a lot all the female characters were played by you know guys yeah. in in drag, um, and the first like recorded or it's largely thought to be the first professional actress Ooh. appeared in Othello um as Desdemona in sixteen sixty. Ooh, okay. Just a short and how long after his death is that? Fifty years? Uh yeah, ish. Right. Um, oh yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> and her name was Margaret Hughes. Ah. So yeah, largely thought to be the first professional actress as Desdemona. Excellent. Okay. Well, how can people find out about the first professional Katie Maiden? <laughs> they can find out about me uh, at Katie Writes About on Twitter, Instagram. They can go to my blog, katiewritesabout.com, or they can head over to my other podcast, which is called Have You Ever Heard Of? And our next episode will be on Monday, and it is about Bonnie and Clyde. Nice. Nice. Um, That's really How can they find out about you? You find out about me here at Screen Mayhem, where I might well review Bonnie and Clyde, the film. Which, um, as far as I'm aware, kind of exaggerates their exploits a bit, but <laughs> captures the spirit of what they represented. Um, as did Quinn and Slim, the sort of modern adapta- um, yeah. adaptation of that. Yeah, you can go to, you can stay here on Screen Mayhem, read a bunch of my reviews, and see me on other podcasts. We're finally doing Screen Mayhem Extra again, a monthly dose of what's new in films. Um, and also, you can head on over to OGT Pod on any one of the things that you can type that into, any of them. Uh, which is one good thing podcast me and my me and uh another guy named paul try to find good things in bad movies because no Mm. film is worthless so you can check that out (laughs) oh are they there is a scene in mcbool where he is very intensely cooking up some biryani in these big pots (laughs) which is interesting because following our fast food macbeth last week He's going to be back in the kitchen next week for Peter Moffat's adaptation set in a three-star Michelin kitchen. Nice. Yay. It's Shakespeare retold. They're using the R-E from the end of Shakespeare as the R-E in retold, so it's Shakespeare retold. I like it. I like it. I feel like it's going to catch on. And that's next. So, until then, away and mock the time with Ferris show. False face must hide with the heart doth know. Bye. Bye. Thank you.